How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I wanted to be the drummer in that movie, that band. I wanted to be Tom Everett Scott. Uh, and at the end, he meets the jazz drummer in the studio, and he's wearing the black turtleneck, and he gets to play jazz in the studio. I, I and, wanted to be Tom Everett Scott. He was he he's was, really cool in that movie. Yes. They, they ask him, what's, what's that called that you're playing? He says, I am Spartacus. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a, that's a great movie, man. And that song... I love that, I love that song. That might be... The best um, fake pop song in like it's one of them in like in the the fake universe. You know what I mean? Like for a fake band, right? For a band created for a movie or a TV show, that's pretty damn good. Written by Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne, he wrote uh, that thing you do. Was that the band named after Wayne Gretzky? Nope. Should have um, been. Fountains of Wayne did Stacy's Mom among many others. Good power pop band. Fountains of Wayne. Okay. But anyway, I, I th- didn't. That I'm... thing you do, that's, that's, that's Stacey's a fun... mom sounds like a porno title. She's so... got it going on. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. I don't know. I love Five for Fighting. Not Stifler's mom. It was like, no, oh, right, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Five for Fighting. A John Andres, a... a Chicago guy, I think. Yeah. Five I just for love, Fighting. I love the whole idea of mm-hmm. Five for Fighting. <laughs> all right. All right. Sir. Okay. I don't know. And we're back. Todd and Dwight. <laughs> How we doing? You, sir? We're going to give you, you points for stamina. We're going to give you. We're going to award you no points for the whatever topic <laughs> you're going to bring up. Oh well. Hey, first of all, aren't you proud of me? I've stayed in the same place for a year, and uh, you know, I, I still you could just be, out with- You could just be telling Michael Chen that we don't know that for sure. <laughs> you guy, guy calls up with his cell phone. He goes, "Yeah, I'm in Dwight." Okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> Good point. And yes, I have a, a wide array of topics, but the first one—that's why I waited so long. If you remember. And as you know, Rosie, uh, we're, we're buds go back. You know, I met you with Stacey many years ago. Um, anyways, I'm probably the only guy more negative than you. And uh, you remember your quote was, and I agree, that I was spewing bile because I was lamenting the Sox rebuild, not because I thought it was a bad decision. And that, and see, uh, listening is a skill with your boy Sully, who I respect tremendously. But I'm glad the Sox are losing. I just don't like the moron in charge of the rebuild and his drafts and trades. But if you remember, do you remember this? About... One week before Kopech got called, in, called up, I said he's going to have at least three surgeries in the Tommy John before he's 30, and your boy Sully came on, and, and I'm not mad. It was funny. He ripped on me, like, for five minutes, calling me every name in the book. I just wanted my vindication because, alas, 
three and a half weeks later, we get the news that a guy that weighs 114 pounds and throws 114 has Tommy John surgery. And I don't see how that was a shock to anybody. Um, the other thing, real quick, he's is, a big, strong kid who, who. So he's not even whatever. Sorry, guys, you're rolling. He's not Chris Sale. Yes, no. <laughs> no, Chris Sale actually wins games. But uh, anyways, um, and that's who we traded away to get that wonderful package of Yoan Mankata. How many did he strike out three times today? I, even though they weren't playing, I think he might have. But anyways, the Bulls thing I wanted to say is, can we just? race Iowa State from Bulls forever because they brought us Marcus Pfizer, Tim Floyd, and of course now what say Fred. Um, I think that should be a gimme. And then the last thing, and here's, you know, you got to love my negativity, Rosie, is what's with all the Bears love? They're clearly the fourth best team in the division with by far the fourth best quarterback, and uh, they may make the playoffs because of the schedule and still be the fourth best team in the division. And the powerful, uh, the bright side is they have no draft picks or cap space for the next two years. But hey, you know me, Rosie. I hope to see you some get day at a Bulls game or something with Stacey here at a Starbucks in Buffalo Grove there and catch up. But thanks for taking my call. All right. Thanks. Thanks. He got to unload. He got to spew. He got to get everything out. And uh, that's what we're here for. We're, <clears throat> we're <clears throat> pleasers, not teasers. We're here to perform a service. And uh, we allow you to spew. Is it over? This hour, <laughs> this hour is brought to you by Pearl Mortgage. Are we there yet? Go to PERLDavid.com. Okay. So a half an hour ago, we yes. had paused in the intermission of your blog therapy. And it was the perfect moment. It was Julie Andrews running out the door to go back to the Abbey. <laughs> and now we're back. Mother Superior over here is talking to you, Maria, and saying, Climb every mountain. You You must must climb. You ford every stream. That you must finish it because that was two years ago in order to bring us up to date to this week. Yes. More Herb. More more Herb. More more Mason-looking brother. (laughs) And and then Uh you, and it's World Series, and it's... Me and Herb at the World Series. Well, my big brother decided a while ago that he's just going to start destroying things on his sports bucket list. He's done very well for himself as a caterer Good for him. in New York City. He's a father of three. He brings um, usually brings one of the kids with him. But like he did, he's done things like well, his kid loves soccer. He has been to see the World Cup in both Rio and Russia. Why would he torture the kid like that? His kid loves soccer. What are you going to do? He, he takes care of the kids. Is that wor- making your kid love soccer, is that worse than making him a Cub fan? He didn't make him love it. Didn't make him love oh. The kid made him love it. Okay. So he flipped it around. All right. He, has, um, he went to Michigan, Ohio State in Columbus. Um, I went, I went to, on that trip, actually, which was great fun. He went to see Duke play at Cameron, and on the same day saw North Carolina play at, at, the, Dean, at the Dean Dome or wherever mm-hmm. they play now. So he saw both of those on the same day. Um, and so this time he grew up a Red Sox fan. My dad grew up a Red Sox fan from 1941, became a Ted Williams fan and a Red Sox fan just to piss off his father, who was a Yankee fan. He rebelled. I know a family like that. Yeah. But I'd say 1941 is a good time to start being a Ted Williams. fan. I think so. (laughs) Picked a good year or a Joe D fan (laughs) for that, for that matter. But so, but so my bro decided like the Red Sox made the world series and he texts me and my dad, he's like, you in, we doing this, we doing this. And I'm like. I, I think I have to. I don't think you have a choice at that point, except that I, don't, I didn't have the, you know, the money is an issue. All that is an issue. But I got a flight on miles. 
Uh, my bro said, all right, I'll, I'll get the hotel room. And then he said, how about the tickets? I said, well, I, you know, I don't know how much I can afford. And he said, just pick a number you can afford. I'll take care of the rest. He's a very generous wow, man. Wow, that's a very generous. He's a very generous man, you know. Um, but so we went. So I flew to Boston, flew in and out of Boston in a day on Wednesday, flew Wednesday, flew home Thursday. They drove up from New York City, and the three of us sat at Fenway Park for a World Series game on Wednesday night. It was 42 degrees. Dad is 85. I kept thinking he would need to bail. Kept looking at him like, you need, do we need to go to the hotel room? He's like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. Got it. He's all wrapped up. He's got a, bought himself a Red Sox knit cap. And, um, good for him. Oh, the, he's, he's perky enough to want to do it. He's sharp enough to know everything that's going on and want to be a part of it. Would Burgess Meredith play him in the movie it, with he, a knit cap? It's funny. It's pretty good uh, because he's got two fake knees and a fake hip, and he waddles when he walks. There you go. He's the penguin. He's the penguin. And me and my brother were walking behind him going, quack, 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 quack. And he's just laughing. He's just laughing. He's taking it. But, you know, it's like it's just this incredible, beautiful moment. We have to, if you have a chance, and maybe it doesn't have to be that, but whatever it is, he is sharp, man. He's a treasure trove of stories and experiences and, like, you gotta. I, I want to live those and bring those in and write them down as much as I can before, before he goes. My, my bro said, "Yeah, this is a good one to go out on." Pops. Jeez. <laughs> wow. But we laughed. He's probably got another decade in him. I bet he does. He's. A, it's. It's amazing. But yeah, we all we all went and uh, and it was phenomenal. And that fifth inning rally that all happened with two outs. Yep. Was just was just amazing, just electric to be in the place for a World Series game it was crazy. And here's what you know. Earlier we were talking about because of what we saw last night in Game Three, and yeah. what you always see in October is somebody just out of nowhere—the Brian Doyles of the world, the, the that kind of stuff, right? The Mark Lemkes of the world, right? And that's the and Jeff that's, Blums of the world, right? So that's. That's what happens. And of all the players to be the surprise of October, David Price. You know what? And that night, he, he again, took, took the second step in rewriting the narrative. This is, I think, what you love about it. I love about it, too. The moments are so big that if you're good or if you're bad, you are cementing yourself in history for more than whatever cumulatively, cumulatively might have taken place in a 10-year or 15-year career. That's why Joe Namath is as great as he is. That's why he's on every screen mm-hmm. with one of the worst quarterback percentages, the yep. most interceptions, with, because of what he did yep. when it mattered, and he called a shot. He showed, it, he showed up and called it. Right. And that's what I love about October and October baseball. And as we were talking earlier off the air— and and we're making mention of it on here. It holds hands with history in a way that you never. Okay, Max Muncie hit a walk off in the 18th inning, right? Yep, at Dodger Stadium, and um, the last walk off at Dodger Stadium, Kirk Gibson. Hello, I mean that's that's how that happens. The um, the last time the Red Sox made an error past the 11th inning. Bill Buckner in a World Series game. And Bill there Buckner. You go. This is what this is Let what happens. Let a roller up yeah. along first. Yes. Ah, uh, Vinny. Yeah, no. You, you're it, so that's a million, what baseball does. Mm-hmm, it it connects things. Well, absolutely. I'll tell you what. And if you ever have been a student of it, 
you know, and like learned some of the ridiculous stuff that happened before we were born, but it's interesting. I know that that's the fourth walk-off that the Dodgers have ever had mm-hmm. in a World Series game. They had Kirk Gibson and this one, and then Jackie Robinson. Um, the last hit of his big league career was a walk-off hit to win a World Series game. And does Cookie Lavagetto mean anything to you? Yes, that- it does. He broke up Bill Bevins's no hitter yes. at the time. That was the only hit. Yes, that Dodgers and 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 Bevins had was about to become Big Bill Bevins make history long before nineteen forty seven. Larson, Larson mm-hmm. in fifty six. About right? to throw yes, about to throw a World Series no hitter, and Cookie Lavagetto broke it up and won the game. Yes, and I, that that's I love who Ma- that. and that's who Max Muncy is is there with. Yeah, and well, lately Dave Roberts found a reason to put him in the lineup. I was wondering about there's such between handedness. And slave to analytics, and I know you wanted to talk about the piece in the ringer as analytics, what, what they know that we don't. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to defend when you don't have your two best home run hitters in the lineup because of handedness, and you're not playing a full season. This is not 162 games. Mm-hmm. This is seven at most, and it was looking like four until finally your home run hitter got to play, your your home run leader Got to play. Muncy, yeah. Muncy ended up with three at-bats against Nathan Eovaldi, who came in and what? Well, Eovaldi ended up with two at-bats himself <laughs> in six innings. Unbelievable. And here's... <laughs> it's a million, a million great stories and angles from that thing. And as Lynn night. Bramer tweeted, we'll always remember where we were when we mopped drool off our chest in the 18th inning. And that's what it does. Uh-huh. It creates stuff like that. So, so the piece in the ringer about... And as you were talking about, you you explain it because I'm I'm not close to you on this kind well, of. Well, I mean, none of us are close to what they have, right? You know, it, it's um, what it's Which really makes about. Second guessing, hilarious. Laughable, it right? ma- it but makes we do it, it, anyway. it makes it level because because we're assuming that it's about some some level of knowledge that we might be able to to access. That you know what we could look. We have pitch FX too. We have pitch effects data. You know what? I got baseball reference right here. I have the the, the baseball index play, reference uh, play tool, the play index. I know how to do some sorts. Hey, I can tell you. I have a finder and a filter. You know what I got? I know how to type in the name of a hitter and the name of a pitcher and what they are against each other historically. I know as much as Joe Madden or I know as much as Dave Roberts or any of these guys. But the what these teams that are really into it know now is so much more than even like five years ago or ten years ago, let alone whatever the hell we think we know. And there's some specific little nuggets I could give you that I think are kind of fascinating in like what there's what we think about and then there's what they're thinking about. And they still might be wrong, but they could be wrong based on stuff that we have no concept of. There's based on probability which is what the, the analytics are. It's based on the probability of a specific outcome. Mm-hmm. And now what you're talking about is not just what a pitcher did against a batter. It's the kind of pitcher. What's, what's his spin rate? Families of pitchers. Ang- families of pitchers is the key phrase. I love it. That, that, I, that jumped out at me from that piece. Because this is, okay, you're never going to, everything's a small sample size. No how, matter what. But it's a, so how do we make it bigger? Well, you make families. You make families. You got of the pictures. five families of analytics. Yeah. <laughs> Don Barzini over yeah, here. No, you're going to die soon. You're exactly right. Everything is a small sample size. So how can we find commonalities 
that that eventually let us maybe think we can predict something. And then, by the way, how do we take that and factor it next to is a guy hurt or is a guy nervous or is a guy tired? Like, what the hell? Like, so making all those decisions. But, yeah, I got a couple of specifics I want to throw at you from that. All right, take a break. We'll come back with those and we'll discuss. Uh, if you want to bother us on the phone... I don't know why you would. 312-644-6767. So maybe he wants to see you and Stacy up in wherever that was, buy you, buy you a hot dog or whatever yeah, the hell Todd was That's right, about. where Todd keeps moving before the Browns find him. And in the meantime, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more baseball. And, um, and John Smoltz seemed to raise people's hackles. He was really bright and smart before, and he's... <laughs> Something has happened to John Smoltz. I think he wants everybody off his infield lawn. That's the way it works. He's going to get it. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. My mic works. I just don't, I don't, I'm trying to process. Just trying to process it. I'll get back to you. Don't hurry. John Smoltz. Little Stacy's mom for you. Way to go, Mike Chen. I say Somebody's it here. listening to the show. I say it here. It comes it out comes there. It comes out there. It comes out in our cans. All right, that was John Smoltz. We had mentioned him going away. We'll get back to the um, how much we don't know about analytics and some examples of that. But this whole Smoltz, Smoltz thing yeah. has gone from we've seen the – the arc of being, wow, what a fresh new voice. Wow. <clears throat> I can't stand this guy. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Get off my TV because he sounds like the get off my lawn guy. And Craig Calcaterra, a, um, a writer of, of uh, some note, quoted John Smoltz, tweeted this out. 15, 20 years, we weren't hearing much about Tommy John surgery. And he noted that John Smoltz had Tommy John surgery 18 years ago. <laughs> Which is smack dab in the middle of 15, 20 years. You know, last I looked. I Let me see if my math works with that. All right. I just the to- Tommy John is a huge demarcation point in the middle of John Smoltz's career because he went, he became a closer because of it. Right. He, so he moved into the bullpen. He's one of the guys with the, what, two, 200 saves, 200 wins? Uh, something like that. I forget exactly so what the number is. Yeah. 100, uh, maybe it's 150 saves and, and 200, 200 wins. wins. Yeah. I mean, there's not, it's a, it doesn't take long to call roll, as Bum Phillips said. Right. So, but the idea that it, you didn't hear much about Tommy John surgery, and, and all right. But so Smoltz, was, Smoltz has has changed. See, that's the thing. It's like sometimes you'll hear a guy like, "Man, I love this. I love this. I love this guy." Okay, you know what? It's the same act. All right, it's a little tired, and okay, okay, we're kind of done. And it's like you go through your own thing. But Smoltz has changed. Do you think he was? not being himself a few years ago when he was more open to analytics and then turned into, and then just kind of relaxed and embraced who he really is. Or? There was always, I interviewed him years ago. There was a candor about him. I appreciated when he came onto the air, there was a candor I appreciated. And I was, I was dumbstruck when he didn't know what Craig council was doing in the first inning by yanking Wade, Wade Miley. Miley. That, that he's that he's completely flipping. Yeah. He's flipping the uh, the batting order around and screwing the Dodgers. All of a sudden, they have all to the face Dodgers the knew it. The Dodgers had a couple lefties in that lineup, uh-huh. and what they, including leadoff hitter, so they were expecting this to happen. But the idea of whether they're expecting or not, forget the Dodgers. If you've watched baseball all year, 
How do you and not know what's going on? And you're vaguely aware of what the Rays did on a regular basis. And for two months, yeah. had the best ERA in baseball, best starters ERA in baseball, or best pitching staff ERA for a short, for that period. And what the Brewers had done on a regular basis because they didn't have mm-hmm. the Cubs starters, for instance, how do you not know that? Yeah. It, crazy. Your job is to, or your people's job is to know that and to prep you for it. But that would see if you're a pitcher, you would think wouldn't that be something you'd go to? Well, yeah, and, you'd and know that. He oh, is knowledgeable. Not... He is knowledgeable. So and it's we, like he plays dumb. Inexplicable. I think no, I think he's playing dumb. I think maybe that's. I think he's playing dumb to stuff because he, where's he's, the gain in that? I, playing to a base. Um, Playing, I don't know. Sometimes you can be president. Playing to a base that doesn't really want to know about certain stuff or wants things to be the way they were. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I'm. I'm trying to guess at, at his motivations here. All right. Well, I it's mean, awkward. A lot of analytics. A lot of pitching ideas are by him. So, what were some of the examples as we were talking about the the whether it's spin rate or yeah. playing of the of, of the pitch or. The kind of things that Ringer brought up that we have no clue. This kind of hitter, this family of our specific hitter against this family of pitchers. That's it. That's it exactly. Like like we we're sitting around and we might think, well, how can he, he's got to go to the lefty here because lefty versus righty. He's got to go because to this guy. Dodgers, but in this example, the Dodgers or, or we we started this, this. The Dodgers are so slavish to handedness. To the point there, hey, look, there's Max Muncy, their home run leader, finally got to play in a game. Sure, or like, let's take out Pedro Baez, even though he's pitching so well, and bring in a lefty the other night against Boston that doesn't turn out well. And then it's like, I can't believe Roberts did that. Well, why did he do it? We have no idea why he do it. Yes, he's using the iPad, but what is he being given on the iPad by the guys upstairs, right? These days, they talk about, as you said, families of pitchers. And maybe, like it was written about in uh, the Sabermetric Bible called The Book by Tom Tango about 10 years ago. Yeah, right? Tango Tiger. That's completely out of date now, is what this piece says, that that book is totally outdated. It's a decade ago. Yeah. Okay? Because that, then they were talking about families of pitchers by, like, were they lefty or righty? Are they strikeout guys, walk guys, are they batted ball guys? Or maybe some certain commonalities like, oh, Jamie Moyer and Mark Burley seem vaguely similar. Let's put them in a family. Now, teams today, with all the data that they have, can put families of pitchers together based on pitch types, based on sequencing, based on speed, based on move, based on release point, based on tunneling, based on location. Instead of relying on 10 plate appearances against a given pitcher, they can group together hundreds or thousands of plate appearances by pitchers with the similar trait, whatever trait they're deciding to look at. And then they have this much bigger sample of commonalities for a family of pitchers. And then they take their hitter, that they're thinking about, mm-hmm. a specific guy. So not, oh, uh, Yasiel Puig. No, uh, not like a righty power hitter. No, the exact plane of his swing. Does he have a um, an east-west swing? Does he have an up-down swing? And they try to match up the swing angle of a specific guy against the pitch angle of a specific pitcher. And you know how they get the family of hitters? information so they can make that sample bigger they use their own minor leaguers this was the part that blew me away they use a thing called blast and blast is 
the batted ball profile of all of their own players, it's now allowed in the minor leagues. So they harvest information based on their own minor leaguers. Like they could say, all right, here's Puig. Do we have any guys in the minors that's having a swing just like him? Yeah, these 10 guys. Because we have the data that says it's exactly like that. And they're facing a family of pitchers in the minor leagues. Right. And so they have the data on everybody Mm -hmm. at every level. And they use the data of of all their own guys. It's like it reminded me of the Matrix. Remember the Matrix? Like all the, the bodies, the humans are out there living in these pods and the the aliens are sucking the life force out of the humans. These minor leaguers who might never get to the big leagues, they're just data sources. Yes, they are. They're just they're using to, they're them. They're there to be mined. They're just mining them to make them part of the sample size that helps them give Dave Roberts the information or 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 say it in his ear, whatever. However, the hell they're doing it. So they're saying, okay. East-West swing guy against a um, a sinker balling righty or against a four seam lefty. So you need to do this based on data that we don't even we haven't even conceived of. Now it still might not work, of course, mm-hmm. and it still has to be balanced with the human aspects of all these other things. And yeah, that pitch might not break that way. Sure, might not break the way, and this guy might be a little afraid of the moment to the point that he's not actually on his on his best behavior and intensity or he might have a little bit of a pulled a pulled muscle in his his bicep that keeps him from swinging at his best that they don't want to say out loud because then the other team knows it like all this stuff that's going on is a level that we don't have we don't have but i still like being on twitter and second guessing with the best of I, I'm, I'm don't right you? you you know what this reminds me of and ron Schuler will always the story about mel didier scouting the a's in the uh, 1988 World Series, Mel Didier allegedly, and I've heard it from a lot of people that it was true, giving the uh, Dodgers scouting report, uh. and he says, left-hand guy, okay, Gibby, Soch, Eckersley gets two strikes on you. He's coming in with a backdoor slider. And look for it. Yes. And Schuler with the A's at the time, was livid um, in in later tellings of this story. So there's no way he knew that. There's no way he scouted that. Well, I'm thinking that's his job. And he was regarded as a terrific scout. Right. So I'm thinking he did have it right. And that's that was simply by the eye test. Absolutely. This is what he's thought. And what you just described is- made me wonder if Sandra Bullock from the net could be in the dugout or be in the press box or be in the offices running all this data down and then somebody tells Dave Roberts, here's your guy, or here's your pitcher. Right. But there seems to be no algorithm that explains using Ryan Matson in any game. I don't understand <laughs> that. But to your point, by the way, about the backdoor slider, because I remember that exact thing, that that's what Eckersley was going to throw. Max Muncy's home run last night against Eovaldi was on a backdoor mm-hmm. cutter. So mm-hmm. a cut fastball coming over that outside corner. And because he'd gotten him out with it before. Two at-bats before. He'd gotten him out with it before. And and no matter what was in the data, no matter what made it to the iPad, no matter what made it to Roberts, no matter what made it to Muncie's ear, once he's up there at the plate, it's on him. So what kind of guy is he? What is he remembering? What is he thinking? What is he capable of containing in his head as he's also trying to react to a pitch at that moment? And in the end for Muncie, he sat on the backdoor cutter and beat the crap out of it to the opposite field. That's David Bodie against Ryan Matson for that grand slam against the Nationals. He was on the station, I think it was with uh, Bernstein and McKnight, yeah. telling that story. I handed, I handed thinking, him the mic that day. 
his his thinking of he's thinking behind it, mm-hmm. and it, that was the pitch Matson got him out with, and that's the pitch that they had continually nibbled on. They went to that pitch when they needed to get Bodie, and he he had one of two choices, and he leaned on the outside pitch. He looked for it. He was going to reach down, and that's I, I don't know where that is in the in the analytics. That's that's a batter being smart, going. Well, he's got me before. Why wouldn't he go right. after that again? Right, right. Well, you know, but the analytics like they might not help Bodie in that second. But Bodie's a guy who's very interested in the analytics and is one of those guys who redid his swing mm-hmm. to have a little more launch to it and to have his contact point is what they call it be out in front of the plate. That's the transformative moment that turned Bodie into a from a minor leaguer into a uh, a dependable uh, piece of a good team. Until his second half when he fell apart. But that's yeah, besides well, the point. He had a lot of company. But either way, I mean, Bodie was a great story this they year. He could have gotten a group rate on that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's absolutely <laughs> true. But yeah, you know, so it's, I mean, it's, it, that's the whole blend. That's the whole thing. And look at us in this hour. You talk about the romance and the history. Right. And you talk about the emotions of being there with people. And now the new math. And now the new math. And it's all there in the same soup. Right. Uh, do, uh, uh, maybe other sports have some of that same soup and I know they do mm-hmm. but it's just there's so much space to talk about it in baseball and it's just so it's it's so it's thrust to the forefront it's any more of those individualistic things. so it, it 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 if you're going to yes. put a face on something if you're going to put a face on a story it's easier to put a face on a baseball stat or a baseball because it's an individual part of a team game mm-hmm. more than hockey analytics have grown in just the last 3 years expected goals for has become and they've it's helped them create a wins above replacement version of it goals above replacement Hockey analytics have have just plowed forward that it warps speed, but because it's so dependent upon four other players you're on the ice sure, the game, with right. and five against uh-huh. that it doesn't lend itself to a the simple pitcher batter matchup you're talking about. Right. Even the ten different parts of the algorithm in baseball, mm-hmm. you can still come up with that pitcher. Then we need this hit. That's it, isn't it? It's and, the it's the, it's the it's the perfect blend in my mind anyway of the of the individual achievement within the team concept, right. and then however that happens could be based on you bearing down and being tough, which is undeniably a factor, but then also you being smart and being calm and present and mindful and all that. It's a yeah, it's a never ending trove, like my dad for stories. There you go, Herb. Mm. We're with you. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, um, pay our respects to somebody who um, helped make your Thanksgiving table what it has been all these years. Rosenblum at Spiegel. Saturday suckage up till 2 o'clock. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. One of the greatest television episodes of all time. Outstanding. The WKRP in Cincinnati Thanksgiving episode where they decided to give away free turkeys to drop them from the sky. Mm -hmm. Right? From a helicopter. Uh Uh-huh. Live turkeys. (laughs) Oh, the humanity, says Les Nesman. (laughs) God so we're mentioning witness. Thanksgiving. It's it's coming up. It and is. We're all doing our our things for that, which may be nothing, but you have to do that nothing. Uh, story out of Haddonfield, New Jersey. Dorcas Riley, 
died on October 15th. Uh, hold on. Dorcas? D-O-R-C-A-S, Riley. Okay. Because Dorcas is what I used to call people in like fifth grade. I don't know. Hey, Dorcas. I, I Dorcas, yeah. D-O-R-C-A-S, mm. Riley, died October 15th of Alzheimer's disease. Oh, now I feel bad. She was, right. She was 92. She, she, now I feel even worse. She, working for Campbell's Soup, yeah. created... The green bean casserole. Oh wow! That is the woman, Dorcas Riley. That's did her it. legacy. The Campbell Soup Kitchens. She was a supervisor, and in 1955, she combined those ingredients and they're the green beans and the mushroom soup, and of course, the crunchy fried onions. Right? You, yeah. you need that. Yeah. So that was the recipe. That's what she did in the kitchen, and in a. A uh, 2005 AP interview marking the recipe's 50th anniversary. She said she didn't remember having a hand in the dish because it was among hundreds that were created during her time there, like Sloppy Joe Super Burgers, S O U P E R <laughs> Burgers. But Dorcas Riley. Wow. Dorcas Riley. Good old Dorcas. The woman who created the green bean casserole that is part, is part of every, every. Thanksgiving. It's mandatory. It's a law and whatever. That's phenomenal. That's a good one um, because me and my dad sometimes like to play this game. We call each other up and say, okay, who died? All right. Died. Okay. All right. Guess who died? Sure. And then it's yes or no questions only. And you get uh, world of entertainment. No. World of sports. No. And then, you know, so I could, I could get him with that one. The person who invented the green bean casserole. There you go. Dorcas Riley, Haddonfield, New Jersey. Wow. Hello. Uh, and Larry King was there. Larry King was there King, last night. Hello. He yeah. was standing up, and, and and Mary Hart was imitating oh, Craig Kimball. Oh, my God. Mary Hart was one of the stars of the broadcast last night. Mary Hart sits right there in the front row. She used to be the host of Entertainment Tonight. Um, she uh, sits right there in, in plain view on every pitch. And she was mocking Craig Kimbrell, getting getting the arm up, and she was like kind of jumping up a little bit. And people were like, "Is she dancing?" Like they didn't understand that's what she was doing. I didn't know it was some bit. kind of aerobic thing that she was doing because you got to just trying to stay loose right. after all that. And L.A. Hello, yeah. I love Doyer Stadium. I grew up there. Grew up going to Doyer Stadium, but not in the Larry King Mary Hart seats. We, we used to sit in the last row, of general admission. All the way at the top. You know, when you see the long shot of Doyer Stadium over the, used to be Union 76 station. Anyways, direct from center, yeah. direct center field in um, Chavez Ravine. Yes. And the, the long, it looks like a chimney growing out of the back uh, behind home plate. Okay. That's where we would sit. The last row. There was general admission. We paid 50 cents. We sat there because it was closer to Doyer Dogs. We could get there. You get to the quicker, hot dogs yeah. faster. That's and that's well played. They've ma- yeah, and they've managed to. They've made they put in more seats, more expensive seats. They've monetized it the best they could. Mm. They've created it. Never existed when I was a kid. When I was growing up there, a concourse, a Comiskey like concourse. You can walk all the way around. And one game we were there. We were there for a Fourth of July, a couple years ago. And if you go to the kosher hot dog stand. Out beyond the right field foul pole. Okay. They have a note about Marev services. You can do Jewish sunset services. Right there. At Doyer Stadium. Wow. And they got the joke, too. Fernando made it. Speaking of Fernando, Walker Bueller, rookie pitchers yes. in the World rookie Series. Rookie pitchers in the World Series, like Fernando Valenzuela. They have a history of that. They, well, they, they own the rookie National League Rookie of the Year Award. Once, I, once they had four in a row and once they had five in a row. They have 18 Rookies of the year. But the rookie pitchers, Walker Bueller, guys who just do star and, and 
Fernando, and at one time it was Johnny Padres, it was Don Newcomb, it was just a list of rookie pitchers. Unbelievable. Um, anyways, I forgot where I was going with that story. But uh, Fern- I was thinking about Fernando because when you said Chavez Ravine, the Fernando mania. Doyers. Oh, I know. Uh, let me finish. Yeah. That everybody say Doyers. And the Doyers have a Doyer dog now. And it has jalapenos. It's it has onions. It has and it's called D O Y. It's spelled D O Y E R. It's hilarious. The, one of the concession stands for the Fernando Mania. That thirty for thirty. You ever see that documentary? I it, did not. I lived. Oh it. my! You, you, it's it's brilliant. Even though you lived it, um, for those who haven't, it's it, seek it out because in eighty one, when Fernando Valenzuela was a rookie and a brilliant one, and he was you know atop this resurgence. Of of Dodger um, fandom, especially uh-huh. with the Mexican community, and what I had not realized is what Chavez Ravine actually was, which is you know, stolen land from Caesar Chavez from the Mexicans. Yeah, that, that the U.S. government went in and stole that land right there and gave it to Walter O'Malley. I gave it to, and the Dodgers made themselves a ballpark, and then here comes Fernando mm-hmm. leading this uh, this charge of Mexican fandom right there. So it's, uh, it's kind of it's kind of amazing how all those things came together. I want to when you were in L.A. for whatever time you were there. Mm-hmm. You remember the name Jerry Perenchio? I do not. Univision billionaire. He had a hand in a lot of television productions. Okay. His neoclassical mansion known as Chartwell is on the market before it was just done privately. His house is on the market for $245 million. Oh, my God. And if you look it up. That's just out of my range, by the way. But if you look up the picture of his house, it was the exterior for the Beverly Hillbillies. You can now buy the Beverly Hillbillies house. Oh, my God. That was the mansion when he moved the family to Beverly. Jed, Jed uh-huh. did. That was it. This was the place. I like this portion of the show. Is this a and Saturday Sucker tradition where oh, you just yeah. kind of empty the bag? I do. I, can it's I just take stuff part? Like, it's stuff we acquire during the week I, that is that the Beverly Hillbillies uh-huh. res, you know, resonates with a lot of people who listen to this show, I believe. It resonates with me, so I'm bringing it up. All right, good. So, so that's um, it. I, w- I want to empty the bag a little bit. So m- the best part of hanging out with my dad this week was the jokes. Because there is, <laughs> it was easily the best Come part. Come for the World Series. Stay for the jokes. 100%. Because he is of a generation that cataloged jokes. Somewhere between 15 seconds and a minute long jokes that are p- applicable for specific situations. Like, so Shecky Spiegel like a mo- took, this, took this class? A or- story comes up or a moment comes up. He's like, oh, that reminds me of this one. You ever hear the one about, you know? And it's like, my brain doesn't work that way. It's like, I knew that I couldn't match him. So I never like developed that kind of thing but uh, i wanted to share a couple with you real quick i'm, I'm listening all right so if my Herb dad said it i'm listening my dad uh, he used to make jokes about old guys you know who were 80 now he's 85 so everybody in his joke is 90 because yeah sure <laughs> gotta make That's fun right. of somebody so 90 year old my dad has hearing aids Your dad's an ageist by the way yeah he is he's got hearing aids now and i said to him oh yeah the hearing aids are they helpful he's like well yeah yeah, you ever hear the one about the 90-year-old guy who's got the hearing aids? He says to his buddy, oh, I have the best hearing aids. They are the greatest hearing aids. I hear everything. And his buddy goes, oh, yeah? What kind is it? And he goes, ah, it's about 10, 15. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hitty oh, Spiegel, he'll God. be here all week, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it kills me. Um, all right, one more. 
Uh, Ninety-year-old guy. Just one more. Not, just one more. We only have time for one. Ninety-year-old guy goes to a sperm bank. He goes to a sperm bank. Ninety-year-old guy. He's going to become a donor. Uh-huh. And the people, the staff is surprised. Wow, look at this guy. He's 90 years old. He's Who does he think he is? They, he says, no, trust me, I got no problem. So they give him a jar. They send him behind the curtain, right? He's behind the curtain five minutes, ten minutes. Finally comes out. He says, look, I tried my left hand. I tried my right hand. I tried both hands. I just can't open this jar. <laughs> Always leave him laughing. Oh, That's yeah. it. We'll be back Boom. next Saturday, ladies and Bang. gentlemen. Bang. Thanks, Zach Withers. Way to go, Pops. Zach Withers, Mike Chen. <laughs> Thank you, Jay Zawoski, Mark Rody, David Schuster. Thanks, uh, Shecky Spiegel. Read this. See you later. <laughs> the bottom of the hour was brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Sick of paying for high-priced Chicago parking? Well, the Chicago Wolves are celebrating their 25th anniversary season with rollback free parking presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Kia dealers. Visit ChicagoWolves.com for information. Saturday Suckage. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So, kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.